This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. So that now we're big professionals now, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but uh, this is my favorite part of the show. It's it's really all on you at this point. Izzy, I can like do all these things and like say who you are and look up all this bullshit. But like I just let you tell everyone who you are because I think that's the most important like definition of thyself. Okay. Um I'm Izzy and I am an outdoor industry and action sports photographer and writer and doer of other things in that realm sometimes when people ask me to. Um and artist, I guess, depending on the on the day. Um I went to art school, so hopefully that's you know, still tacked on somewhere. <laughs> um <laughs> And I live in Jackson, Wyoming, and yeah, that's, I think those are all the, the intro things. I always find it funny when I ask a photographer who they are, and they're always like, well, I'm a photographer, I'm also an artist, but I'm also a writer, but I can also like manage your trip if you need it managed. And I think that's just like part of like how shitty of our outdoor industry that we're in is like, oh, you can't just be a photographer. You have to also be like an athlete as well as a photographer and like a pack mule and like there's so many hats that we have to wear to be like the one thing that you're really good at yeah oh definitely i mean like i didn't realize for a really long time that being a photographer a lot of the time also means you're a producer and i was like i've never produced anything in my life and then i was like producing my own shoots and i was like oh guess i'm a producer now um yeah and then there's like all these like weird skills that we have that like, you know, when you're like 16 and you're like learning calculus and you're like, when am I going to use this? <laughs> I still haven't used calculus, but I, um, I feel like there's a lot of skills that I have and I'm like, why do I know how to do this? Like, I'm actually like about to maybe do a contract. That's like literally just organizing metadata for someone. Yeah. It's insane. Because they don't, they don't have anyone else to do it. And I'm like, well, I know how to do that. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jack of all grades. Did you ever photograph weddings? No. <laughs> uh, see, I photographed weddings for 15 years. Not a lot of people know that um, in my like newer life. But at weddings, it was always like, it, depending where you are, if you're in New York City, you have like wedding planners. If you're in Buffalo, New York, you don't have wedding planners. So you kind of are the planner. Like you keep everyone on the timeline. You keep everything like flowing. And it was one of those things, like one of the first weddings I ever shot, I had a business partner. Well, I was, she wasn't my business partner at the time, but I had, I was working with someone and I was like, no, we just take the photos. And she's like, no, dude, we do it. Like, like if you just got to take the photos, that'd be the best part. Right. Like, but we, you don't like, that's the easy part. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah. No, I've never done, never done weddings. I don't know. Like everyone says, it's like, oh, weddings are such good money. Like you should just do weddings. And I'm like, like my whole thing with weddings is like, you can like ask a skier to do a backflip like a couple times. Like if you miss it for some reason, like they'll probably do it again. But if you miss like the first kiss, that is so stressful to me. Like you can't ask people to like recreate these like beautiful magical like love moments <laughs> do you want to do you want a tip on on how to shoot a wedding 
Totally. Yeah, maybe I'll use it one day. <laughs> you don't miss the first kiss. That's it. Like that, you have to get it. There is no option. Like, well, I mean, what if you miss it? What if something happens? What you if don't. you get that like stupid error on your camera? Like, doesn't right happen. At that moment? You can't. It's not allowed to happen. No, it's. I always liked weddings because, to me, one, you always got paid for what you did. Like they're like no one balks at wedding prices. Like people have their budgets, but like, you know, when I was shooting a lot, when I was shooting full time, I was like, oh, I want to like shoot action sports and like shoot for Red Bull. And I'm much older than you. So like Red Bull was like very, very obtainable at the time. Like now it's still obtainable, but like now it's like, it's a whole thing. Um, yeah. But like, and I, I got there, I shot for Red Bull. I did events and they were smaller events, but it wasn't the Mecca that it is now. But long story long, I was like, I did all this. They flew me to Boston. I shot this. This is great. But I made a dollar or I could like walk into someone's backyard and make three, four grand. Like it was, it's a very bizarre thing of how much like money you can make shooting weddings. But the thing with weddings is people always wanted to be there. And that's why I loved them. Like they just, everyone who's there pretty much wants to be there. They're there to have a good time and you're just there to capture it. So it's like a really simple concept when it's on like it's it's simplest form, but then it, you know it's chaos and and that's what I think makes it fun. But it's also I've all I've ever known versus when I shot action, I thought that was way more stressful. Like you're bringing in way more elements and like it's just a I don't know. How did you get into like action sport? I hate calling it action sport, but like <laughs> that's what it is, right? Like it's people doing action and playing sport. Um, how did you get into this? Like, how do you go to art school to, you know, shooting for free skier? Um, I, so I went to art school. Well, I went to like a liberal art school. Um, and I studied printmaking. That's what my degree is in. Okay. Um, and I'd like taken photos in high school, did a lot of like film, 35 millimeter and four by five. Um, high school had like a really sweet dark room and photo class. So then in college, I was kind of like, I kind of want to do that, but I kind of. I actually really wanted to be a doctor um, for a while. Dang, quite the swerve I here. <laughs> I failed chemistry. You rickrolled yourself. I know, dude, I know. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the worst. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so then I obviously did not become a doctor and decided to study art instead. Um, and then I like took some time off school. And at that point, and then after I like, graduated well graduated um <laughs> I because <laughs> I graduated online during the pandemic and that's another story but um I was working concept. for a, a master printer in Steamboat Springs um where I was living and like um basically the way that that works is artists will give a master printer their like plates or their uh, like the printing matrix is what we call it so if like if it's an intaglio print, which is where you're printing the lines in a thing, like a sheet of metal that's been bitten into with acid, that's the matrix. And then the ink <laughs> is going in the line. So yeah, this is all, <laughs> I'm trying to like spark notes as much as I can. Um, so I was working for her and like printing all this stuff for like famous artists and like really cool people and really cool work. Um, we were going to shows and like, we were allowed to use the studio and create, um, 
and we were like meeting lots of really amazing artists and I was really enjoying it and I was like making a lot of my own art um and at this point and through college I realized that most of the art that I was making was I mean all of it was inspired by like the time that I was spending in the outdoors and I was like a lot of a lot of what I was trying to do with printmaking or painting or whatever it was was to evoke the feelings that I got from skiing or kayaking or biking or like whatever I was doing in the outdoors and I started to feel like this like part of myself that was so important which was the like part of me that loved to be in the outdoors was getting like squelched by this like fine art kind of archetype of like who you're supposed to be in the art you're supposed to be making um and so I like was graduating and was like oh my god I have to get a big girl job and like do the thing and I found an internship at Teton Gravity Research um, through their website and I had some friends who had worked there as contractors and they gave me um, an email and I ended up with Max Ritter's email and I emailed him every two weeks for about two months until he Hell yeah. <laughs> gave me an internship. <laughs> um, and then I interned there and it was mostly like writing content for their website. You know, they like post all the little videos and they have all the little blurbs. Um, but Max and Katie Lowe were like who I was working under and they both were really invested in like teaching me the way of the outdoor industry and like the way of outdoor media and being like, what do you want to learn? What do you want to write about? What do you want to like see and do and create? Um, and so they both kind of like took me under their wings and taught me all this stuff. And they started like having me shoot photos with them um, of like events. Like we went and shot natural selection one of the first years it was in Jackson and we'd shoot stuff for like TGR tested articles. And um, I just got like really, really psyched on doing that through my internship. And then when I got hired on full time, I got hired to run the Sierra Nevada Brewing Company ambassador program that TGR has. And um, my boss for that, John Desabry, amazing human, one of the best humans of all time. Um, he knew that I like wanted to shoot photos more. And so he would just like help me come up with reasons to shoot with the Sierra athletes that like only vaguely had to do with beer. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And it just like kind of like catapulted into um, being able to like shoot events and, um, like go on shoots with the athletes and do more than just shoot beer. But it really was like coming from fine art and then figuring out that shooting photos was like, I was able to do what I'd been trying to do in my art through doing that instead. Um, yeah, yeah. it's, I want to give a shout out one, cause they're a show sponsor, but to Sierra Nevada and two, because they just support the outdoors in general, like uh, Griffin Post made a really good claim last time he was on the show. And he was like, you know, we now have glacial data because a beer company supported an athlete. And it was like, holy yeah. shit, like that is a stat. So like, I don't know if they're sponsoring this episode because I haven't done my ad read yet, but like shout out to Sierra Nevada because like they, <laughs> they, they, they're, that's legit though. Like they support, you know, athletes they support artists 
And like that's that's a really cool thing. And like obviously they're doing it because marketing works, but they don't have to do that. They could spend their money on other things, and they put a lot of money into the ski industry. So like when you are thinking, or the outdoor industry in general. So like when you're at the store maybe this week, like, and you're debating between X beer company and another, like think of who those brands support and support them. That's my that's yeah. my mid. My mid-story <laughs> mid commercial. But no, for real, like, that's super rad that, like, one, you had people on your side who, were like, believed in you and were just like, hey, let's try this and let's see if you can do it. And then, you know, it's up to you to succeed. But, like, opportunities are huge. But then hearing in this day and age, and, like, I don't – I feel like people don't do this anymore, that, like, you reached out to someone every two weeks and was like, hey, give me a job, hey, give me a job, hey, give me a job, hey, give me a job. But, like, <laughs> that says something. I feel like our world is so, like, oh, I tried and it didn't work. Like, no, fucking will it into submission. Like, take risks and, like, annoy people, ask people, poke people. Like, the world's busy. So, like, sending an email every day, or maybe every day is too much, but, like, every two weeks, that's important. Like, it's... It, it works. Yeah. I'm, I'm queen of being at the top of your inbox. If I want something from you, <laughs> I mean, there's like, yeah, some of my clients are probably like, yeah, she's in her inbox all the time. <laughs> I mean, communication's huge. I mean, I think that should go all ways though. Like you, it's not only when you want something, it's when they want something of you. Like you answer that email, you're on top of it. I don't know what just happened, but we should be back. I don't either. I heard something about going all ways and then I lost everything after that. I was saying it should go, it should go, this audio is going to be funny now because I'm, I have it on my end, but it should go both ways yeah. as like when you want something from them or they want something from you, like you just answer, like it's being accountable on all ends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can say so many things about like projects I've had where people have been really good communicators and like how that just makes it so much easier or even like when stuff is weird for whatever reason because like said deliverable or invoice has to go through like these seven levels and i'm like emailing them like what's happening with this and like having a person that can be like hey like we're still thinking about you like you're still on the top of our like to-do list or like whatever it is just having that communication um because like freelancing now like freelancing is the wild west and i like i'm just here in my little like bubble being like, I wonder what's happening in the rest of the world and hoping that people communicate. So having that communication with people is like really important. Um, and I also think like the communication that I was able to have really early on with like Max and Katie as mentors and having them be like, you know, what do you want? Like, how do we help you grow? How do we support you? Like what inspires you? Um, you know, talking to people about more than just like the nitty gritty or like the, the like surface level of like what's expected, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think being a freelance anything, but specifically artist, it's so much boils down to like, yeah, well, I like Izzy, but like, it's <laughs> a, like a lot of people can take really good photos. And I've always said that with yeah. weddings. Like, you know, when I met with clients, I'm like, listen, you already like my photos because you're meeting with me. You've looked at my portfolio. 
you've like called your cousin how you found my name like i photographed their wedding you already like like you've seen it that's fine so now you just have to like me and if you don't like me at the end of this coffee don't hire me because it'll it'll ruin your it'll i'll ruin your wedding just by existing (laughs) but it's true like there's so much truth in that and like obviously there are great photographers and there are bad photographers but like there is a point where it's just like i like how izzy communicates i like how they answer emails i like how they show up five minutes early and like help me move chairs instead of watching me move a chair like that stuff matters yeah i mean i think one of the best like client interactions projects i've done since i went freelance um happened because like i had i got like an intro email to a guy who runs a ski brand um and we just like got on the phone pretty quickly like there wasn't really much like oh let's email back and forth about like this this and this we just like set up a time we talked on the phone um and it was it was so awesome because like the first 15 minutes of our phone call we were just like chatting about like what skis we were skiing on and what we liked and it was like it was uh like a very human like hey we're we're yeah, both what a concept skiing. yeah <laughs> like this doesn't have to be like you know some big thing um but then we like ultimately were able to come up with a couple of really cool ideas um for photo projects for this brand and like they came from talking on the phone and bouncing things off each other and having this like amazing creative flow together that like ended up ultimately in photos that I was really stoked on and a project that I was really stoked on and photos that they were really stoked on. Um, and ultimately like great client relationship. Um, just because like, I feel like email, you're trying at least for me i'm trying so hard to like be professional and personable and it's like an email yeah like is this too many exclamation There's... points or like what am i I'm just trying to say i'm excited about this yeah how many smiley faces can i put in email <laughs> like yeah it is hard i miss just calling people i really do and like i get i'm fortunate enough to like be able to do this every week so i get to have human like genuine human interaction and conversations but it is funny when you like you might be emailing someone for three months and then you meet them and you're like, Oh, that person like is way cooler than I thought they were. Or like, <laughs> it just like, it. I don't know. I just, and I think, you know, you saying you met with this person on the phone and you chatted and you came up with really good ideas because you chatted for 15 minutes as humans, you were like, we can do this. Or like, we like, you have that. I don't want to say confidence, but like confidence to like, pitch something that maybe you wouldn't have pitched over an email yeah well and like the pitch like we were just kind of chatting and he was like what's your background like um just with skiing not really with photo but like you know who are you why do you like skiing whatever um and the pitch like I literally came up with it while we were on the phone and I was like hey this is a cool idea is this a cool idea I don't know I came up with it 30 seconds ago what do you think and he was like this is a sick idea and then, you know, we made it happen. Yeah, that's amazing. That's what yeah. life should be. That's how marketing <laughs> should work. I'm Whatever. I we, feel, we deal with, like, a lot of ad agencies lately. And I'm like, guys, we're not robots. Like, you know, they like, some, you know, we do a lot of social marketing with the podcast. Like, it's doing really well with social media. Our podcast social media. 
And like sometimes it's like, guys, we're not a commercial. Like if we just put this out, it's going to get three likes. Like you're going to kill our engagement and like, but like, what if we do this? And then they're like, well, and you're like, yeah, but just trust us. Like, this is what will work for our audience. Like we can't just be like, this here is a Sierra Nevada. It is delicious. Like, <laughs> like it's not going to work. Like it just, it doesn't. So like you, it is nice once you have conversations with people and you can like feel comfortable to be like, let's try this. Like we just, I think we just posted something and like Adam put, he duct taped a bunch of rumple blankets to his knees and his arms for, and then like went mountain biking and like crashed. And it's That's like, awesome. this is fucking stupid, but like it resonates with people. It's funny. It's dumb. But like, we can't just like be like, here's a rumple blanket. And like, it's not a Super Bowl commercial. Like it has to be dumb. Like it has to work for, so having like those, what I get, what I'm getting at is having those human interactions and those comfortable like conversations as you can get there. Cause I wouldn't have pitched that to rumple at like the first day. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to like duct tape this and it's going to be really stupid, but people like it. It'll be funny. Like it doesn't work. So you have to be human. And I think, you know, if th sometimes it is as like as simple as like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> like, but when you have those human interactions, you can do that. And when you don't, you don't get that opportunity. No, it's like it's way harder to pitch something over email that's um, like maybe going to be a shot in the dark. I know that made me think of my favorite like print ad photo I've ever seen. I don't know who the photographer that did this was. So if they're out there, I'm a huge fan of you, whoever you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should really look this up, but whatever. That's all right. uh, it was like a two page, like full spread. I think it was in free hub magazine. Um, it was an ad for pivot cycles and it was just a photo of a girl and there's like plants, like up to her chest. Like you can't even see like a bike there's not a bike in the photo and she's just blowing like the biggest snot rocket i mean it's like it's like this long like coming out of her nose like the photo is like mid snot rocket bike ride like helmet on gloves on and i was like that's the best ad i've ever seen in my life because anybody can like be a sick biker and like you see like a photo of like somebody like doing something sick on a bike and you're like i want to be sick on a bike i'm gonna buy a pivot or you see somebody blowing a gigantic snot rocket and you're like, I blow gigantic snot rockets while I'm biking. Like, yeah, this it doesn't is even matter what bike I'm on. Like, Pivot knows that I need a bike to blow my snot rockets onto. Like, that's, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, really genius to um, use, like, a relatable human experience versus, like, trying to throw the product in your face. But that, like, I think goes back to, like, it probably wasn't what the photographer sent out to get that day but they probably had a relationship that was comfortable enough and human enough with the marketing guy or girl and they human and they put that they put that photo in the dropbox folder mm -hmm. like probably there was probably a hundred bangers in that folder and then that one and the marketing department was like that's the one and it, and i don't know when you saw it but like it still resonates and we're talking about it so it worked but without that early communication unless this photographer just has all the confidence in the world and they were like this is the one like that's not how life works right so that's i think it's just like being you know like i do it with wedding clients that like i know better like i leave in goofier ones when like if i don't know the couple i might delete though like i might not deliver those because 
yeah, like your arm looks a little funny, but the photo's hilarious. Like it, but some, <laughs> but if you don't know them, you're not like you're not going to deliver it because they'll just focus on the bad one and not the thousands of other good ones. So, I don't know. I think human interactions important, and I think just like sounds like you were obviously like not raised, but like brought up in the outdoor industry, and you're still young in it. But like with mentors that were like, yeah, this is this matters, and like you know, hopefully you'll be in a position where you can bring those people in. And like, that's how this industry should work. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about like mentors and having people that believe in you and um, like keeping those relationships and also being able to ask for help when you need it. Like um, I reached out to a couple friends last week, just being like, Hey, I need help. And you are people that I admire um and it's so cool to text people who do the same job as you so like in theory they're your competition but to be able to like text people and be like hey i need help with this or like i need advice about this or like whatever it is and get like page long like really thoughtful messages back that are like really helpful and you know even though it is like a kind of like a small industry, like we're all working for the same things. Um, the camaraderie between like creatives in the industry is really, really rad. Yeah. Um, and I think it helps people get paid. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's obviously some people make more than others and vice versa, but no one should be getting like completely screwed. And I think without communication, a lot of times you just show up for free and then maybe I'll buy a photo or like, and it's like, no, 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 you don't show up to work for free. Like, it just doesn't exist. So it's like, no, you're going to pay me this to be there. And then if you want to buy photos, then there's that cost as well. Yeah. Like, it's Yeah. I mean, I love free stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love free stuff. I will take all your free stuff. I cannot pay my Jackson Hole rent with free stuff or for my camera equipment or my health insurance or anything like, um, that's just not how life works. Unfortunately, I wish I could go to my doctor and be like, do you want these skis that I've skied on a few times? And then you'll, you know, like make sure that I'm healthy. Yeah. You'll tell me I'm fine. That's all I need you to hear. That's (laughs) all I need to hear doc is that I'm fine, but no, you can't put, I can't put goggles in my gas tank. I've said it my whole life. Like people are like, I said it last week on a podcast, like my buddy's like, you get all that free shit. And I'm like, oh, you get paid to work. Like that's, I want to just want to get paid to do my job. That would be cooler than like, yeah. like imagine if you were an engineer and they're like, all right, we're going to send you to China for a month. You're going to do everything that you normally do. And then we're going to like give you some skis. Like what? <laughs> like that doesn't exist. Like what? That's, that's not a real thing. Like, and it's the same thing. Like you're trading time for money or or product or value or like, it's a very, it's, I get it. Free product is cool, but nothing's free. Free product doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, something that I thought was like really interesting is when I first went freelance, I was like, okay, well, I kind of like talked to some people. I was like, what are you charging? Like, what should I be charging? Um, and then I, uh, 
I took a like a workshop on photo licensing through this like outdoor industry freelancer collective that I'm a part of. Um, and it was really funny because there was another photographer in it who I like look up to a lot and have worked with a couple times. Um, but I like kind of idolize her for lack of a better uh, term. And she was in the workshop too. And I like DM'd her and I was like, holy shit, what's up? Like, and then like we ended up like DMing the whole workshop and being like, oh my God, like we could be making so much more money. <laughs> and the whole workshop was really cool because like it taught me that the value of like me showing up with my camera and my skis and or bike or whatever it is I'm shooting and like having batteries and memory cards and like a shot list in my brain and doing the thing that I'm doing whether it's like skiing some like whatever with a small child worth of weight on my back or biking like that is what your day rate pays for your day rate doesn't pay for choosing images editing for like the hundreds of people that are going to see it on Instagram and then your client uses to get an email. So it was like a really interesting kind of like wake up moment that I didn't like no one had ever told me when I started freelancing that those are two separate things. Like that your day rate is like just for you and your eye and like your body and your being and your creativity to show up. And then like people actually have to buy the photos too. Like I don't just plug my camera into my computer and say, boom there's the photos you get them forever <laughs> so how do you how do you set this price and like you don't don't tell me your prices um but like <laughs> how do you hypothetically set your price like okay it's it costs a dollar for me to show up but then if you want the photos it's 25 cents per photo or like how does that look in like the simplest um, not giving away your hand like yeah um a lot of it's talking to other people like if freelancers are transparent with each other about what we're charging it helps us to not undercut each other and means that we're getting hired for our eye for our creativity because people like us whatever like whatever those reasons that we are getting hired are um and not just because like one of us is cheaper than the other so that's a big one is talking to other people and being like, what are you charging? What have you charged for this? Um, and then recently, I mean, I think recently, I've only seen them recently. There's been a lot of like online resources coming out where people are putting in um, like an Instagram account that I follow made a spreadsheet where you could put in like your experience, location, like gender, number of years you've been working, size of the brand that hired you number of deliverables um like day rate licensing length into a spreadsheet and you can compare and like look at what people you've never met before so like say somebody's shooting for i don't know like like some big sony pasta brand yeah yeah right. like something like completely random and they're like hey if you're shooting for like this huge whatever brand like this is what your licensing looks like but then and like i've never shot for like a like a food brand you know i don't really like base my licensing on what someone who's shooting for a pasta brand or like a tequila brand there's like a ton of money in the tequila industry yeah but even funny. if you were shooting a chevy you know a subaru commercial at killington like that's a different price than like i don't know killington's 
local coffee company. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like you have your like ballpark rate and then you hopefully talk to your client and you figure out what their budget is. And like the biggest thing that I got out of that workshop that comes with not just photo, but like writing or like any work that I do for anybody ever in life is that you should just make sure that you're charging people enough or you're getting paid enough to where you don't feel like you're being taken advantage of. Yeah. It's a very like knowing your worth, right? That's, that's the simplest term, but like, what is my worth and what is, and it's, I find it really hard when you're just starting out because you're like, I'm just taking a picture. Like I have, I still do photo. It's just not my full-time gig anymore. And I have, my second shooter shoots a lot now. Like they're kind of like making it more of a career. And I'm just like, yeah, but you can't do, don't do it for free. Like you have to charge something. It doesn't yeah. have to be like, your rate doesn't have to be the same as mine right now. Cause I'm like an old curmudgeon and I'm like, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like I'm only going to get out of bed for a number, but like you have to get a number. And then that number has to continue to grow. It's no different than, like, you shouldn't get punished because you're good at it. You shouldn't, like, it just is what it is. If you can edit in an hour and it doesn't take you four hours, like, the price is still the same. Like, you're just efficient. Um, it, It's hard. And then do you change, and if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But, like, so if I want to use your photo for Instagram versus, like, a billboard, I would assume that's different. Yeah, so there it hasn't been working lately, which is a bummer. I don't know why, but there is a um, calculator through Getty Images, the stock licensing company, and like it used. I don't know why it hasn't been working. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. But basically, they have this cool tool where you can put in like this photo is getting used for like broad digital marketing for an audience of this many in this many countries in an email at this size for this long on the licensing and I'll spit you out a price. So I, after I learned about photo licensing, I went into Getty Images and I put in like what most of my images get used for, which is like Instagram and websites and email marketing at this point. Um, and kind of just like found a ballpark number so then for me, like, if I think about, okay, I mean, just example prices, this is not real, but like, if I charge you $5 to use my photo on an Instagram post for a licensing of a year, that first of all, does not mean that you have to take it off your Instagram after a year. It just means that you can't use it again after a year, unless you pay me another, whatever, $5. Um, but for me, I think about like, okay, how many people are going to see your Instagram versus if you were to say, can I use this photo and blow it up on a billboard and put it in downtown Salt Lake City? How many people are going to see that? Way more. Right. Plus, I'm going to have to give you like a giant high res file and like, you know, whatever. It's going to be like way different. So I kind of just try to like scale it in a way where like it is multiplied by not the effort that I'm going to have to put in, but the like return on your investment of people seeing it, if that makes sense. 
No, but I'm, I'm really just like making it up. I'm really just like making it up as I go, asking my friends and being like, I don't know, that's a good number. Like that feels pretty good to me. Yeah, but it makes, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm asking leading questions. Like I've done this for a long time, so I have a loose idea, but it's your world is different than mine. Um, but it is interesting. Like if you're going to use, like uh, ideally if Pepsi's buying your photo, they're buying it to make money. So like, if this photo is a billboard and that billboard hypothetically generated $400,000 worth of revenue, then like that photo is arguably worth X, whatever that number is. Right. So it's, it is a really weird thing to scale and like figure out and make sense. And like, it when I back in my day when I was shooting for Red Bull, they would pay us a flat rate and they would own all of your photo rights. It was a mm-hmm. huge thing. Like it was not cool. Like it's fine when you're just like starting and you're like, I don't care. Why do I want the photo? But then you're like, you can't like you can't use your your own photo on your own website to promote yourself. So it's like, so now I'm working for Red Bull and I can't even tell anybody that like I took that and you're not going to give me credit for it. So now you have to pay me way more. Like, yeah, I'll be bought. I don't care. Like, I don't, <laughs> but like, it was an interesting, um, it was an interesting thing. And there was someone in New Hampshire who like went to battle and um, I can't remember his name right now, but he ended up, I don't want to say winning, but like he shoots for Red Bull to this day. And like, he walked away for a while and was like, no, you don't get to own my photos. And if you do, you're paying a lot of money because it's a really weird thing. And then, you know, the thing with photo, everyone could take a picture. Skip, but then go do it. Like, it's not, it's, I don't know. Photo licensing is a slippery slope, but it, it makes a lot of sense. And like, you're just getting paid for your job. Like advertising is everywhere and everything we've ever seen, you've ever touched has had its photo taken. Like everything. It's, yeah, it's it's an interesting, um, I guess, like battle in the outdoor industry with photo licensing. And that's also like a lot of that has more to do with like if I'm producing a shoot. Right. Like an event is going to be different because I didn't have to produce anything. I just show up with my camera. So events like and events are also like the best networking thing of right. all time. But events. Like, Events are tricky too, though, because like what I always say, like when, again, I can only relate it to weddings, but people are like, why would I just come like have my cousin do it with his, with their camera? Like they have a point and shoot. I'm like, because I can guarantee a photo. Like I can guarantee photos at the end of the day. And that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the guarantee on the box. And like same thing with events. Like, yeah, you're not producing it, but like you have deliverables at the end and like you don't get to redo it. So like. They're paying for a guarantee and like you can use that line because it works because that's like (laughs) it's true though. Like you're paying because I can guarantee you will have usable photos at the end of this event. And that's the difference between a professional and an amateur because an amateur can get a great photo. It happens like blind squirrels find nuts like it is a real (laughs) thing that happens like it's a like if you shoot enough with modern tech. Your camera will get a photo, but they can't guarantee it. And you can. And that is the difference. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. Makes me think about Kings and Queens this year. I like really, really wanted to shoot Kings and Queens this year because it's, you know, it's at home. Yeah. That's sweet. And like a lot of the, not a lot, but like some of the people competing have like gotten to be good friends of mine in the last couple of years. So I was like, okay, like, I want to be there. I want to be able to like stand on the lip and like watch Veronica huck a dub yeah. <laughs> into the couloir. So I emailed like literally every single brand that I could think of which was maybe not my best move because comp day comes and I was shooting for, I had so many deliverables. That's amazing though. I mean, that's great, but it's also terrifying. See, I was the, we were the opposite. We were like, have you ever watched Rocky? No. Okay. I'm a, I'm a Rocky guy, but there's like Rocky, like seven. I know there's a lot of them. He's like old. He's like way past his prime. And his coach is, like, giving him this pep talk because he's, like, doing it. This is the dumbest thing ever. He's doing an exhibition match with, like, a young kid. And he's, like, to beat Johnny, I don't know his name. He's, like, you got to have speed. You don't have it. You got to have agility. You don't have it. You got arthritis <laughs> in your hands. Like, so you can't punch while training. Like, it's this whole spiel on how he's, like, this old guy. And so, like, the only way he's going to beat him is, like, by good old-fashioned, like, just grinding. So... Long story long, Jabber and I are at Kings and Queens to cover the event as media, because that's what we are. And I'm like, Jabber, we need good photos. We don't have it. We need good video. They're shooting with reds. We don't have it. Like, all these things that we're like, we're going to beat. Like, we don't have it. But what we do have is iPhones and the ability to be first to market. So, like... If you look on Kings and Queens Day, like, we beat everyone to market. And that was the yeah. only strategy we could have. Because, like, we're not shooting reds. We're not, like, I shot, I took photos. But, like, those weren't getting sent out immediately. So, like, as soon as Veronica landed, like, I was standing at the top and, like, with my cell phone in the air, getting that on Instagram. Because that was how you we... But that's how we could capitalize. That was our strategy. Like, it was like, this is our play. And it, it is funny. Like, that, you have to know what you're good at and where you can win. Like, like we're at dinner with Forbes. Like, they're going to write a better article than we are. Like, <laughs> 100%, it's going to be a better article. But, like, we'll be done. Like, the, the event ended and we were like, our job's done. We were at, like, media dinner and they were like, well, I think I'm going to write about this. And I think I'm going to do an article. And we're like, oh. We're done. Like, we already got to market. Like, that's all we needed to do. I think I was at that same dinner panicking about how many photos I had to edit the next day. Yeah, see, we were done. We just put them out into space. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I was getting poured another margarita, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, please, no. <laughs> yeah, we. it was a, it was a move. Uh, I want to talk about influencer culture. Okay. They're kind of stealing our monies. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I fall into the weird, like, am I an influencer? Am I a podcast host? Are we a media agency? Like, it's all kind of one. Like, we're not, like, you're a photographer. That's, like, what you do. This is, like, I have a voice, but, like, I'm not, I'm not an influencer. So it's a weird thing. But it's, it's interesting. And I think brands... And we talked a little bit before we started. 
But like my hot take, and then you can have yours, is like I think brands are putting too many eggs into one basket. Yeah. Um, my hot takes about influencer culture are that, A, I think I'm like too late for this anyway because Instagram has changed so much, but I don't want to be an influencer <laughs> as a photographer. First of all, I don't want to be in front of the camera. That's why I'm a photographer. Um, I don't know what to do with my hands. I just, I don't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> um, and I think like that it's one really great way to promote yourself. But I don't think that as a photographer, I should like have to do both. So that's my first hot take. My second hot take is that um, while I think that there's definitely a place for influencers in outdoor marketing, because some portion of a brand's consumers are going to see like whoever it is on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, doing like a get ready with me and they're going to see it and it's going to be kitschy and cute and whatever. And they're going to be like, I want to go buy that like kit or like those skis or like this thing. I think that there's like something to be said for having like a figurehead. And I think part of that is athletes. Like I know that when I was 14, I was buying skis because of the athletes that were skiing them. And I was like, wow, I want to be like this person when I grow up. Um, I think that there is like validity to having influencers and athletes as figureheads for brands and like having consumers want to be like them. And I think that there's a ton of value in having things like that pivot two page snot rocket photo, like having really good photos and videos, even if your video is formatted to Instagram and is 45 seconds long, if it was shot on a red and like edited by an actual editor, not on like an app, I think there's so much value in having like really high quality marketing assets. And if brands are either expecting everyone to be okay with content creation just by giving them product and being like, oh, well, we'll just give it to you and then you can post it on your Instagram or giving all of their budget to like the like reels influencer only culture, then they're like missing a huge part of like the potential of the outdoor industry and outdoor marketing and action sports media. Um, yeah, that's my hot take. <laughs> I don't know if it's hot or not. Sometimes I make hot takes and my friends are like, that's a really, really like lukewarm. That's a lukewarm take. take. No, I think I, <laughs> I'm with you. Like it's, I just can't, I think influencer culture is hilarious and like, I can't look away, but I'm just like, it's so overdone and overplayed that I'm like, I don't want to buy this product at all anymore. Like it's, <laughs> it's almost like a revert, like, Hey guys. And you're like, I get like, I just, it's the same thing and it's all fake. And like, we do stuff like we are, like we are a social media brand, but like we try to make them as real as possible. And like, you know, here's like, there's so many like, here's how I get ready today. And like, like you don't have to tell me about your base layer from backcountry. Like I get it. I get why you're telling me, but like, it's just a bizarre thing, but I think there's room for both. And I hope that we like get there. 
like right now it's like everyone I was telling you before we started, we I reached out to a brand and was like, Hey, this is what we do, this is our reach, like the same old bullshit pitch. And they're like, Oh, we're only looking for YouTube right now. YouTube influencers, YouTubers right now. And I'm like, that's a miss. Like that's just a miss completely. Whether like YouTube is crushing, like you're missing out on our X amount of people that we reach per month on this platform. Like, it's just yeah. so bizarre to me that some brands are only sticking in certain lanes. I think it's like part of it too, is that like every social media platform is trying to like compete and beat each other. Like, I kind of wish we could go back to the days where like Facebook was just to like sell your shit on the internet and like meet people to go kayaking with and like Instagram. <laughs> Instagram was like really sick photos and you're like yeah I want to look at a photo I'm gonna go to Instagram and like I honestly I don't use TikTok I like tried to make a TikTok once and I just ended up like crying under my desk um oh, I, like, <laughs> I'm just mad that TikTok I'm not good at TikTok but I'm old so like I remember like and this is just gonna be me saying back in my day but there is a big <laughs> age gap here when I when Facebook when I joined Facebook, you had to have a college email. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, you, it wasn't for everyone. It was for college students. Like, my buddy was, I don't remember where, whatever his name, went to school. But, like, my buddy went to that school and was, like, one of the first, like, 300 people to, like, be on Facebook. And he was, like, came. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but, like. But like that, like I am old, but like that's what it was. And there used to be like, I remember going to, I went to ASU um, to visit my buddy for the weekend. And he's like, oh, we got to find out where there's the parties tonight. And he just went on Facebook and there was just like the party, like you just, they had their address there and you just went to a party. And like the internet was different then, but it's just <laughs> like, holy shit what it's become. And like, there's really good things from it and there's really bad and like, but they are competing against each other and it's just chaos. Like they are like the definition of like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. Like one week they're like, reels are it. If you don't post a reel, you're not going to get promoted. And then the next week it's like, you got to do carousels. And then the week after that, it's like, we're going to try to promote photos. And they do it for like half a day and no one cares. And they just go to TikTok. So then Instagram tries again with real, like, it's just like, but it doesn't matter what content's good, what's bad. It's sad. Like it it bums me out that like people don't even like my nieces and nephews have no clue of like, not even the good old days, but just like not forever consuming. Yeah. Like it's it. And everything's an ad now. Everything that gets pushed is an ad, whether it feels like it or not, it's an ad. It's like, I don't, it, it's just, it's bonkers. I don't know. It's, I do miss, it'd be neat to create a platform that was just like good photos and like high production videos, but like it would fail. It wouldn't do yeah. well. I just think. Yeah. Well, and I, go ahead. it's funny too. Cause like the original point of social media was to like, keep up with your friends and like, you know, watch what was happening in other people's lives through the internet. And now because it's all like so curated and so advertised and whatever, um, like you don't really like. You don't even see him. Well, you don't see him. Yeah. You're like, 
you're like, what did you do at like 3 p.m. on a Wednesday? Like, I want to see photos of your like cup of coffee and your lunch. But instead, I just see like the really, really, really sick event you just shot, which is sick. And I want to see that. But I also like want to see people be a real human being. I don't know. All comes back to human connection. Be a real human being. <laughs> Everyone join Be Real because that's real, too. I was oh never my God, a B I hated that. I tried. I hated it. Is it still a thing or no? I think it's still a thing. I, th- I think it's still a thing. Yeah. I like couldn't figure out how to make the notifications go away. And I like can't have like little red numbers on my phone screen. So I just deleted it. I didn't even download it. I never, never even got there. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, 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 sing me a song that best describes you. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Do I have to sing it? Can I just tell you about my favorite song right now? I feel like you should sing it for us. Shit. Okay. I mean, you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. Um, It goes, I need a truck (laughs) to haul around my name. (laughs) And I need a truck to haul around my fame. I need a truck to haul the women's from my bed. And I need a truck to haul my body when I'm dead. That was beautiful. <laughs> Piece of art right there. Oh, God, that was embarrassing. <laughs> what? Who is that? It's it's this song. It's called I Need a Truck. Um, it's by Tobacco City. And it is my favorite song right now. <laughs> okay. Why? Um, has anyone ever asked you why a song is your favorite song i don't i don't think so i don't think so it's it's my favorite song right now because i was camping um in banks idaho last weekend with a friend of mine and we were like baking dinner and we were like we were talking about our feelings and um he was like playing music and he was like i'm really into like sad midnight cowboy music these days and i was like shit that's such a vibe like I need to listen to some sad midnight cowboy music. And so then like two days later, I was driving back through like God knows where Idaho. And I like pulled up this band that has a different song that we'd both listen to, Tobacco City. And I found this I Need a Truck song. And I love it because it's like, it just is like, it's like a minute and a half long. And he's just talking about all the things he needs a truck for, which are like carrying around your bad thoughts and carrying all the women out of your bed and it's just so like raw and midnight cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. No, there's no, I mean, there's no wrong answer. Um, it's a horrible question too. So I'm glad you answered and sang. You could have been like, <laughs> I won't so sing it. I'm not singing that. I think you nailed it. So it's called, I need a truck by tobacco city. Mm-hmm. I can't promise I'll listen to it, but I will, I will attempt it's only a minute and a half long. It's a minute and a half out of your day. Sometimes those short songs stress me out, though, because you want more. That's <laughs> fair. Super fair. Like, I mean, all good songs are under a minute and a half, but man, it's like stressful <laughs> when they end. You're like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I need a truck. All right. Okay. Sad cowboy music. <laughs> big, big fan. Is Jackson Hole, or let's just say the town of Jackson, a cult? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For okay. sure. Yeah. Is there any good skiing at actual Jackson Hole, or do you always have to go outside of a gate? I think I'm going to get, like, I think people are going to hunt me down if I answer that. Everyone knows the answer. You don't have to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Say nothing. Don't say it. Yeah. Jackson Hole is the worst skiing ski resort I've ever been to, unless you go out a gate. I'll say it. I mean, I really, I really like thunder bumps. I get made fun of a lot for that. That's fine. I really like thunder yeah, bumps. you got to do the Pocono Shuffle and the thunder bumps. What's yeah. the one groomer that they have? Easy does it or easy street or something. Oh yeah, yeah, easy does it. It's off Casper. That one, like that the last slaps. closing day, it was so slushy. <laughs> That, like, you just couldn't turn because otherwise you lose all your speed. So I just straight-lined that, like, 25 times. Jackson's a cult, 100%. Yeah. Favorite movie? Ski movie or, like, outdoor movie or just movie? Movie. Favorite movie? In favorite inside movie? Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> no idea what that is. Oh, you should watch it. It's about two 12-year-olds who fall in love and run away. It sounds terrible. Have you ever seen so Shrek? <laughs> Have I seen Shrek? <laughs> no, just... It's way better than Shrek. Favorite <laughs> album? Favorite album? Um, favorite album? Uh, Cheers by the Wild Reeds. Okay. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Playlists or podcasts? Are you going to be offended if I don't say podcasts? No, I wouldn't listen to myself. <laughs> Playlist. <laughs> pool or beach beach fruits or vegetables tomatoes whatever those are tomatoes or fruits fruits <laughs> tomato is a fruit that's a fact a text or call depends you gotta choose call. one well, call. interesting comedy or horror comedy waffle or pancake pancakes groomers or pow pow Coffee or tea? Coffee. Bikes or boats? Boats. Are boats. all whitewater rafters? What do you call whitewater rafters? Whitewater rafters? I don't know, but I'm not a whitewater rafter. I'm a whitewater kayaker. See, that's why I asked. That's the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Are all. Because no. you got to say, like, you can't just be a kayaker. You have to be a whitewater kayaker. Because that's a difference. Mm hmm. So that's what we call use peoples, whitewater kayakers mm -hmm. are all, this is the most serious question I've ever asked anybody in my entire life. Are all whitewater kayakers serial killers? No, no. I think we're all just like missing a screw. I think we're all just like a little bit unhinged. But not in, like, the, like, serial killer flavor of unhinged. It is the most dangerous. Like, hey, do you want to drown today? That's what you're asking your friend. Like, if someone translated, hey, do you want to go whitewater kayaking? They'd be like, hey, do you want to drown today? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I can't. Am I wrong on this? I can be wrong. I am, I am not the person. Okay, because. I'm not the person that you should ask if you should get into whitewater kayaking because like, I, I don't know if you like saw it, but I, I posted on my Instagram yesterday a video of me drinking a 
beer out of my shoe. Yeah, I saw that. That's something you have to do in whitewater kayaking. Like, I'm not the person that's going to convince you to become a kayaker. You also, like, broke your back kayaking. Twice. Twice? So you were like, let's drown, break my back, drink beer out of a (laughs) shoe, and, like, this is going to be a good time. This is why I'm not the person to convince you. That being said, my best friend in the entire world, the boys that I went to college with, we all learned to kayak together. They are my favorite people on earth. And it's like, we're not friends because we're all kayakers. It's nice that we can go out kayaking together. But kayaking is like what brings us together constantly. And like the friends that you want to get on the river with, because you're basically asking them to go drown with you, (laughs) it forms the most like amazing magical like lifelong bonds and connections like every time you put on a river with somebody you're saying hey do you have me if something bad happens and the people that like you keep saying yes to it's like the most special special friendships and relationships all right you can't i can't i can't knock (laughs) on friendships and relationships and like a bond but like i can knock on like if someone asked me if i want to go on a boat and I'm like, hell yeah. And then they hand me a helmet. It's just a strong <laughs> sign that I don't want to go on the boat anymore. <laughs> it is like, I'm, I got into it for a summer. I was like, I'm, this is something I would get. Like, and I can't, you just drown. Like, you just like, this is going to be a good idea. And you just drown. I, a little bit. <laughs> I need to have a, I need to have a professional kayaker on and see if I can get there. But it's a, is there like a thing where people are like, oh, you kayak and you have to be like, like you clearly say that you are a whitewater kayaker? Because it's offensive I mean, to be like a pelican kayaker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? sometimes like sometimes I don't like have an example of when this like would have happened to me. But like you say you're a kayaker and people are like, oh, yeah, like we like love to take the like whatever out on the lake with our fishing rods and our, our the pelican and, our, and i'm like no i don't kayak on lakes and they're like oh you do like the rivers and you're like yeah and they're like yeah like one time i took my son on top down a river and we flipped and like judy swam for a long time and like <laughs> it was real scary and you're like yeah yeah that's like not really what i do <laughs> i don't like, get it it depends who you're talking to when people tell me i'm they're a whitewater kayaker i turn into the i love that for you person Different strokes for different folks, man. <laughs> if you could cook a meal for anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you cook? Um, if I could cook a meal for anybody. And, like, do I get to, like, eat the meal with them? Like, are we hanging out? Or am I yeah, just, like, yeah. cooking with them? And You're them cooking the and eating the meal with this person. Um... I would cook dinner for, oh, that's a tough question. Oh, actually, I would cook dinner for Ansel Adams. That's a really cliched photographer answer, but I'm going to justify it. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell me more. I'm going to justify it by saying that I just started working in film again and have been working in the dark room here in Jackson hole. And the guy who runs it used to be Ansel Adams assistant, like way back in the day, he's like maybe a hundred years old. He's amazing. Um, 
and he like might be my new best friend we've been like hanging out a lot like processing film and stuff together and he's been like telling me all these stories about like working for Ansel in Yosemite back in the day and he just sounds like the coolest dude and it sounds like they like partied super hard took a bunch of cool photos and did a bunch of loose shit and I was like that's really cool that's like that's what I do too (laughs) same yeah and I would cook him um I would cook him um what am I good at cooking uh oh you don't have to be good at it like that's the thing I would make him this vegan minestrone soup recipe that I have okay it's hearty and delicious (laughs) hearty and what's the main ingredient uh canned tomatoes yeah I was expecting something cooler but I guess it's just canned tomatoes yeah, it's, it's just like a bunch of vegetables, and then you put like the little baby um, pasta bow ties in there. Yeah, you got to be bow ties on that. Yeah. Are you vegan? No. Okay. No, my roommates call me meat stick because my favorite outdoor snack is meat sticks. Specific kind or like like Slim Jims only, or are you fatty, or are you just like... I love Slim Jims. I love Slim Jims. Oh, I don't think I could stomach one at this point. <laughs> I feel like if you look like something, you can't eat it. So, like, I can't be, like, I can't eat Slim Jims. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't work for me. There's a brand, I don't remember the name of it, but you can get them at, like, Whole Foods. And it's, like, a bag of six. And those are, like, actually my favorite. Because I can just, like, put the bag in my ski pack. So, that's your go-to pocket snack? Meat sticks. Meat sticks. Meat sticks. Uh, What's some advice that you wish someone told you? When you were younger. Um, you don't have to have your life figured out by the time you're 25 and you should be nicer to yourself. Dang. Real talk. Right. 25. I'm 37, I'm dude. I don't have my shit figured out. I'm a train wreck. <laughs> Life's about having fun. I'm still telling myself that because I'm 25. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be, you'll be right here with me in 12 years. I'm like shit. He was right. That's the point. The point of living is to have fun. <laughs> That's really it. If you don't know that, then you're, I don't know. Um, people to thank? Anything else to say? Is it we filled an hour and six minutes, so I don't want to keep people too long on here. But um, Yeah. Um, people to thank? Anything else to say? Well, I feel like I already kind of thanked them, but Max Ritter and Katie Lowe and John Desbury for giving me a career and all the Sierra athletes that I worked with um, when I was a young, young blood um, doing that. Big shout out to them. Um, shout out to my friends from college who I kayak with for also believing in me and hyping me up and being very good friends. Um, to my friends in Jackson, they we have a joke that they are a panel people that help me make life choices so if they're listening to this it's a cult it's a cult (laughs) (laughs) shout out to the panel (laughs) um and my mom that's sappy but my mom mom's rule if you've read my writing on like red bull or jade snowboarder or anything there is a 99.9 percent chance that my mom has edited that before it made it to the internet (laughs) that's amazing yeah mom's rule (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, it. What's next? Oof. What's next? That's a big question. 
I don't know, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hoping to take some photos this summer. Hoping to do a lot of kayaking this summer. Hoping to not break my back again this summer. Um, yeah, baby steps. Yeah, I'd be over three on that if I did. Maybe <laughs> so. don't go drowning. <laughs> um. Yeah. What's next? I don't know. I'm just hoping to do more of what I like to do in general, which is my job because I really like my job and to be outside because I really like to be outside and one day make enough money to go on vacation. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. This is my <laughs> final take on this whole thing. When you go cool places, this will be for like, you'll have this argument someday in your life. When you go cool places because of work, it is not a vacation. <laughs> like, and everyone listening, all of my friends, <laughs> like, it is a job. <laughs> and I get it. I'm fortunate that I enjoy it, but it's work. Uh, and I yeah. think everyone, I think that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is like, just because you enjoy your, your job doesn't mean it's not work. Um, whether it be photo or being a professional athlete, like they get paid to ski or bike or kayak. Like it's a job. It's work. Yeah. So the yeah. farthest a shoot has ever taken me is um, I spent two weeks in a minivan in the Midwest. So anybody wants to hire me to do something other than that. Dang. It's not skiing in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be you will regret that statement someday. You were like, dang it, why did I say I would take this gig here for this long? But it is cool. And the your camera will take you wherever you want it to take you, which is always pretty neat. Yeah. Like it's um, this really cliche saying that my business partner told me back in the day, a camera is a key that will unlock any door. And that could be a quote from somebody. But like I've photographed like surgeries at hospitals and like I'm surrounded by like people way smarter than me. And I'm just like an idiot in the room because I know how to use a camera. And like, it's a really neat, like you want to be on stage at, I don't know, fucking Broadway. Like maybe you don't have any singing skills, although I heard it, but like your camera can get you there. Like, but your camera can get you there. And it's a really neat thing when you think of it like that. Like, you want to get to the top of Corbett's, like, your camera will get you there. You want to get to, I don't know, O2 Arena, like, your camera could get you there. It's pretty neat. Did I lose you? Are we here? Are we back? Did we make it? crushing us we're back <laughs> i just gave my uh, see my audience will hear that beautiful spiel and now you'll never hear it unless you listen to the episode this is how i trick you to listen to your own episodes oh my god i can't hear myself talk for that long or at all or fucking sing for that matter god you crushed it um izzy thank you thank you for for taking an hour to chat tell your story sing some songs um just thanks for being alive and being human. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for teaching me the Pocono Shuffle this winter. You got to master it now. 
Dude, I've been working on it ever since. I've been working on it. Can't do it still. 